0: Welcome to the Advanced Grass Solutions Turf Hub podcast. AGS is a leading provider of agronomy services, exclusive products, and unrivalled customer support, underpinned by a well-qualified and experienced team of former sports turf managers. AGS. Supply, consult, support. Hello and welcome to the AGS Turf Hub podcast. It's been a while. Today, I'm over at the Monmouthshire Golf Club, I'm joined by head greenkeeper, Mr. Mark Simmons. Mark, how are you doing? Good, thank you, mate. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. I yeah, um, appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's good to see you, mate. Um, we had a meeting the other week, and we sat down and we had a good old chat about clip, clip volume, and we had a chat about growth uh, degree days. Uh, we had a good old look at your compost tea brewer and and, and your sort of practice on the course. And at the back of that, we decided that actually you'd be a a decent guy to get on the podcast. So, we'll come on to that shortly, but um, to ease you into things, let's kick off with your vital statistics. Holes. 18. Hectares.
1: 44. Bunkers. 40. Staff. 4.
0: Have you got a mechanic? No. Memberships. 500. What's your longest hole? The
1: longest hole is our six foot 490 yards.
0: And what's your shortest hole?
1: It's our fifth at 131.
0: Right. And what time did your alarm set for in the morning? Four thirty AM. I did hear it as a four thirty. Um Christ. And what time do you start work? In the summer at six. So in the winter, depending on daylight, we change hours just so we can be more efficient. Okay. Um so it's four thirty in the morning, the alarm's gone off. What's the first thing you do? I will check. I check the the weather station, see what the weather's doing.
1: Um, I'm a bit of a serial planner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I send a job board out the night before, so the lads know what they're doing. I know what I'm doing, but sometimes weather doesn't play ball.
0: No. So yeah,
1: first thing is weather.
0: I'd imagine. Uh, next question: What's the last thing you do at night? I do the same. <laughs> yeah, thought was, yeah. Thought was much. And
1: sometimes I have to amend the job board I sent out because the weather doesn't play ball.
0: No. It is is weather dependent. And obviously where we are in this part of the world we're over um so the montreal Golf Club is in Abergavenny. Abergavenny. Now as I look at the window, I can see some well not quite snow top mountains, but we're we're by the hills there. Yeah. Um but i like to is it a hill or a mountain?
1: Obviously it's a mountain.
0: Yeah, it looks like a mountain to <laughs> me. Um So we're at the base of a mountain, um obviously you've got the river that runs River Usk. River Usk runs right the road through the course sort of the side of
1: yeah, the course. Yeah, it goes down well, yeah, we call it the River Hulse, but um yeah, it goes Downside mainly six, but yeah, it does further so well. on. That's the sixth is
0: the, the danger zone, yeah. <laughs> so the danger zone. Let's elaborate on the danger zone. I came, oh, we're back at well. When did I come in and it burst its banks? Yeah, it must have been February, I'd say. So we came in February and uh, the river burst its banks. And when I say river bursts its banks, the whole, go- the whole course was a flood. Um, when his own little river is running through the course and, and meeting in the middle like a little weir uh, i see little weir big weir um and that's just one of the challenges you face
1: yeah yeah so um yeah so i, I accepted the job and uh yeah i didn't i wasn't quite aware of of the pitfalls of the river no yeah it's not something really i was looking at um yeah so i started january 2021 and so let's start with that. So, where, so where, how did you start in the industry? Let's start with that. How did I start? So originally I was a roofing contractor, family-run business. Um, decided that it wasn't really for me. At that time I took up the game of golf. and thought actually I'd quite like to work out in this environment. So looked into it. Then had to go to Myosco College up in Preston. Did my level two sports turf. Got a job at Preston North End Football Club while I was there, which was a good experience. Worked nice. on the training ground and, and deep-delt itself, And then fast-tracked that. I was, I was obviously older than, than most people at college, so I was a bit more eager to get it completed. So yeah, so finished that and then came back home to Wiltshire and got a job at Bath Golf Club as an
0: assistant greenkeeper. Okay, so you're, so you're at Bath Golf Club. Um. Obviously I first met you and you were at Kingsdown Golf Club. so you went yeah, to Bath Golf Club, straight to Kingsdown? Yeah I did, yeah. I went, which is kind of on like the road. Yeah I did, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was deputy?
1: No, not originally. So I was assistant greenkeeper at Bath for four or five years, then accepted greenkeeper position at Kingsdown. I was actually a member of Kingsdown, so I used to play golf. For, ah, okay, okay. I used to play golf at Kingsdown and work at Bath, then I accepted the greenkeeper position and then within...
0: 18 months I was promoted to Deputy Head. Nice. And then from Deputy Head you came over, you you, you crossed the bridge, let's say, and you left England behind and uh, you moved to, uh, you've you come to Wales and got the job at uh, Monmouthshire. Yeah. And relocated your families, you've got a... Yeah, we did, yeah. So, um. yeah, so, wife
1: Rachel and daughter Georgia and son Josh. So, Josh is
0: nine and Georgia's seven, nearly eight. Georgia, Josh, if you're listening, uh, Daddy, Daddy says hi. Um, top guy. Um, yeah, so you're with the cross, and the kids have settled down in the schools. They Is have. That... To be fair, they've settled in unbelievably well. Um, love school.
1: Got plenty of activities in the after after school, which keeps me
0: busy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've noticed you've been to um, Cardiff, haven't yeah, you? I have.
1: Adjust. Yeah, started going to Cardiff City with um, with Josh. He's, he's he loves it. Um, just. Started football as well, so he's playing and watching and
0: yeah. So you're raising a Cardiff fan, and who do you support? I
1: won't go that far. I would say he's a Cardiff fan, yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, it looks like it. He's eager to see the results, but let's
0: let's, <laughs> let's, let's not go to Cardiff just yet. And, and who do you who do support? <laughs> I support Newcastle. Oh, that's right. That's, that's fine then. If he's, if he's, if he's Newcastle, if you're Newcastle and he's Cardiff, there's no conflict. Not yet. No, so say if, if you're a Bristol City or, you know, and he's Cardiff, oh, yeah. you have got problems. Yeah.
1: No, we went to Cardiff Swansea. Uh, weekend that was good that was good fun yeah
0: well it's good to so see you getting out and about and he's sort of setting into his surroundings really that was good brilliant well, well back to the course um so it's 6am what's the first thing you do when you get to the course
1: so first of all i walk obviously from the car park over to the, to the green keep facility and walk on the greens as i go across just to check conditions obviously in the summer you don't really have to worry too much but this time of year um yeah sometimes it, it it can be a little bit of So yeah, first of all, <laughs> on my way over, I'm sort of analyzing course condition, and then have a coffee with the lads.
0: Obviously the lads. So you you send a job that night before, yeah. I so the night before. So
1: lads already know what, what the plan is, um, and the plan may change due to conditions. So obviously we have a coffee, we have a bit of football back at first. Got to yeah. get that in there. Nice. So I've got a Liverpool fan on the team, which, yeah, can be challenging, shall we say. Well, that's 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 lyrical fans for you yeah exactly um so yeah add a bit of and then we talk about the day and yeah we'll stick to plan a or b c or d depending
0: on what it is yeah um so yeah and then we get on our way and crack on happy day so you said you're a golfer you play golf um and you've got obviously you've got a team so uh, any other golfers on your team
1: yeah yeah um well yeah, I say I play golf. I haven't played golf too much in the last few years. I've been busy. <laughs> no. So, what, what's your, what's uh, um, who's got the highest sorry. handicap? Who's got the lowest handicap? Well, the only one with an active handicap would be Cameron. Yeah. Um, he's got a handicap of two, I believe. Oh, so he's he's playing. He's been well, a me- then. he's been a member here, I believe, since he was twelve. Okay. Um, worked in the pro shop and now on the green staff. Um. So yeah, he's he's by far the most accomplished golfer. Matt plays a bit. Yeah. yeah and I play. At the moment, probably once a year. Right.
0: Okay. <laughs> and who, and, and Martin, who's,
1: does, Martin doesn't really play. All right. And who's who's deputy? It's Matt. Matt. Yeah. Decent guy. He's Sam, yeah. Jay, He's top man. Um, Happy days. When so, I when I actually came here, Matt was was kind of he was an assistant greenkeeper. He was kind of bottom of the ladder, and pretty quickly I promoted
0: him to deputy head. Um, he's been great, fantastic. Uh, machinery. So if you haven't got a mechanic who looks after your machines. We've got a guy called Martin Parrott, who used
1: to be a tyre mechanic. Um, he kind of gets us out of the jail quite a few times and, and the lads all chip in and, and we do what we can to obviously reduce costs and and because sometimes like, you know, you've only got X amount of time with a small team to get all the tasks completed. And I do set quite a high standard to get quite a lot done in a week. Yeah. Try and be as efficient as we can. So when machines are down, sometimes you just gotta crack on and See what we can do to get them going. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't work, and we've got to call mine. But yeah,
0: brilliant. Um, now you've got four members of staff. Who has got or who brings the best lunches? Well, this is a good question. My best,
1: is in healthiest, would have to be Martin. Um, he's he's a runner. He's, he's a fit lad. Yeah. He brings a banana, peanut butter, and jam wrap. Is he, yeah, he does all right. It's a bit pretty weird. much daily. Sometimes he'll mix it up. He has got a really terrible habit, though.
0: Okay, what's we'll we'll like this?
1: What's He's a cereal and yogurt eater in the summer,
0: right? He, when you say, when you say cereal, okay, cereal,
1: yeah. most people just eat a yogurt and that'll be done with it. He scrapes every last piece out of that, <laughs> and sometimes if he wants to be really annoying, he mixes it up with a glass jar and you just hear the spoon yeah. banging against it. Matt loves it.
0: Mate, well, I tell you, what, I'm I feel I'm noise sensitive, so uh, my my family attests to it. I can't bear the sound, the sound of anyone eating, crunching, banging, on the bench. Who has the worst lunches? Oh, well, without a doubt, Cameron,
1: um, yeah. he's a pro shop lunch boy. So yeah, a packet of Harry Rose, a flapjack, a fizzy pop. Yeah, that's Cam's lunch.
0: So sure, I know I who Cam is now. Now you, now you say that, I've seen his lunch before. <laughs> um, so out on the course then, what, what are we looking at? So we, we've said we are location-wise, we're in Aberga- we're, where are we location-wise? Abergavenna, yeah. Um, what's the course like? What, what is it? What sort of course is So there? it's a parkland golf course,
1: it's uh, founded in 1892. Um, it's quite picturesque to be fair, scenery is stunning. Um, hmm. yeah, you, you, yeah, you can't beat the scenery. It's like, What's quite interesting with this site now? We've got the river; it comes on. It's it looks grim. We've got ditches around the course, which not only frame certain holes, they do a remarkable job of getting rid of the water when the when the rain stops. So okay. um, we've got we've got that. Um, and when I first, like I said, I touched on it earlier. When I first came here and I saw the first flood, I thought, oh my god. Well we're done. yeah, we're gonna, I'm <laughs> gonna, need, okay, gonna <laughs> need a bigger boat. Yeah. yeah. Um but literally the next day you wouldn't have known it was there. We were driving I was driving down the fairway on a gator and thinking this is nuts. But yeah, so you've got the river, you have got those sort of challenges, shall we say. Um but it's a really, really lovely golf course. Um with some small greens, some mixture of long par threes and some holes where you can get out a bit
0: more yeah right well our greenkeeping so so the uh let's go into and, and uh, let's assume that people don't really know um and this is for those that are in the know um you take the approach when making uh decisions on the greens um where you look at a lot of data you're yeah. data driven you love a bit of data so you're looking at uh, clip volume yeah you're looking at growth degree days, yeah. um, and you're using a sort of combination of those factors to, to make decisions on the course. Can you sort of talk to me a little bit about the clip volume and how, how, you, how you use that to your advantage?
1: Yeah, yeah. So clip volume is something I've done ever since I took over. So it's something I've, you kind of looked into various forms of data and thinking when I become a head keeper, I'm gonna do that. So clip volume is essential to everything I do. So basically, how it works is: a guy will have a pad, a pen, a jug on the on the greens mower. In the morning, he'll go out and cut. For example, you start on the putting green. You'll cut the putting green. He will then record the clip volume from the inside box, so not the cleanup box, but it could be a bit depending on how good he is at cleanup. And yeah. grass has come off. So the inside box, so it's consistent, and then he'll measure that. He'll put it and record it on onto his pad, and then after he's finished all the greens, it will go into a spreadsheet, which is they, they what's, what's he recording? The, he's recording? the weight, the depth. They, the... So it's recording on a jug, for example, one one liter, for example. Okay, okay, yeah. So obviously, he puts it in the jug, gives it two taps to knock the air out, yeah. and then he's left with a level. So for example, one liter. So because it's one box, he has to times that by three to make to account for the other two boxes. Yeah. So for example, that that figure will be three litres. Yeah. That will then go into a spreadsheet and it works it out per meter square. And it will give you a total clip volume figure for that day. For example, twenty-six mil average for the for the for the greens total. So I use that for multiple reasons. So first of all Do I cut tomorrow? So it's a management decision. Do I need to cut tomorrow? Is growth low or is it high? Do I need to double cut? Can I just roll? Yeah, especially when stress is high. Clip volume is essential because, say, for example, I took 8 mil off. I'm definitely not cutting tomorrow. I'm just going to run the iron over. Growth is low, so I'm going to maintain speed. Yeah. Um, Another reason why I do clip volume is it helps to, especially for for products I use from from yourself or, or someone else, helps to understand the effectiveness of of a product you know the longevity um do i need to feed do i need to up my primo you know there's so many different aspects and one of my favorites actually is this time of year because say for example i got an outbreak of disease on one particular green first thing i'll do i look at volume and say right is the growth really high because it could be soft growth yeah be causing it is the growth really low and sort of it helps me make decisions and to act
0: upon. Yeah. Um that's decent. And then you also use growth degree days?
1: Yeah, so that goes alongside the clip volume. So obviously once I start Primo, which is typically May, yeah. So I use Primo on Greens, T's and approaches. So for example, on Greens I generally go I go on base zero and I go between one eighty and two hundred. Give myself a bit of
0: 200 mil, yeah?
1: 200 growth degree days. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. So 180 <clears throat> to 200, so for example, in the summer, you could you could have 24, yeah, in a day, when it's hot, yeah. so how it works is, in the summer, you might have to reapply Primo within 10 days, right? Yeah. In the spring, that might last three weeks. So then it gives you a guide that, when the Primo's coming to its end, you, you kind of reapply. So you, you're maintaining the growth, and it helps you control your growth rate, which you
0: require. Yeah, okay. So other ways of doing pre so is obviously, a, for those who don't know what is, is a, it's a growth retardant, it helps reduce the, the growth of the plant. Um, and it might be that um, if you weren't doing both three days, or if you weren't doing clip volume, you might supply every, say, two weeks at about 400 ml of product. And you try and, like Mark said, you, you try not to run out every sort of two weeks, A slightly more technical way to do it is to grow three days where you look at the actual growth rate and and applying it. So you're sort of maximising your efficacy of the product, but at the same time, if it is going to run out a bit sooner, you can get it on earlier. If it's lasting longer, you can get it on later. Absolutely.
1: And also, I've I've given yourself a little window as well because sometimes the weather's not playing ball. So you might have some rain, you don't want to be applying that in the rain. Obviously, it could be windy. So giving yourself sort of a range to go upon Gives you a little bit to play around with. Like sometimes I've gone really early, yeah. Yeah. But I will lower the rate, yeah. So and the rate will change depending on what surface. I tees and approaches, I go probably every two eighty to three hundred. Yeah. So it growth three days. Yeah. So it's not as regular as maybe greens, but then the rates a lot higher. I'm yeah. Probably a liter one point six max. I'd probably say yeah. Can go higher. But yeah, it's trying it's trying to also depend on your manpower. You know, you could have go on holiday that week, so you might think, oh, I've got to, I've got to up my primo there because I don't want to be cutting this two or three times a week. No, there's
0: no timing the hours. So
1: it helps. It helps with manpower, absolutely.
0: Um, and back on the great retardant, the, the primo, uh, the the rate you apply a primo is relative to the the length of the grass you're treating. So on a golf green where it's a finer grasses and it's like a five nil, Height of cut, say you'd, you'd apply less so if you're doing the approaches or you're doing the tees where you've got like you know, 25 mil height of cut or 20 mil height of cut as a ryegrass you'd put on more absolutely you, so that's kind of how that works um so um what is your sort of approach so, so what's, what's your kind of approach to um greens maintenance what's, what's your sort of ethos what's, what's what's your idea so so my idea is to be
1: sustainable number one, budgets are tight. Yeah, I'm not a, a, a golf course that has massive budgets, so I've got to get the most out of what, what I get. So be sustainable. I do love the biological route because I think it's the way to go, looking after your soils or look after your turf. Try and reduce chemicals, Yeah, I'm not a big fungicide user, I've used one this year. Um, not hoping to use too many more, uh, but yeah, time, you, sometimes you have to. Yeah. Um, and really be uh, a green keeper who does less disturbance. So, enhancing the biology. Also, for a golfer, they don't like being disturbed. They don't like holocaust getting pulled out of the ground and 60s ton of sand chucked on it, and they're on temporaries or they're playing on. They don't like it. Right, and we all know it as keepers. Sometimes we have to upset certain individuals because we're doing this work, and sometimes it's essential. Um, when I took over, the fat levels were seriously high. Uh, I had a, I had sixteen point four percent organic matter in the top twenty five mil, so I had to. I had no choice. I had to pull the course. Yeah. And, but now I've got control. I've got it down to seven percent. In 2.8 years. So that's, that, good, that's good going. Yeah, and that's done with not a lot of sand. So I average about 85 ton a year, which isn't a great deal in modern management, really. Um, and I've gone away with corn and I solid time, I sour roll, well, I verted rain and I compost teas, biology to really try and degrade the
0: fat without disturbing golf and disturbing biology. Okay, so uh, you mentioned compost teas there. So you're you're a compost tea, you've got uh, you've got a brewer in the in the shed there. Um talk me throughout the process. What's your thought process? What sort of things you're putting into it, how often is it going down? How how would you how are you operating your compost tea brewer? Yeah, so the compost
1: tea brewer generally runs I use it generally I would say May to September because you want the soil temperatures up. But I did start in April, I used a fish tank heater to warm the water up. Nice. Yeah, just so I could get it working. But um, yeah, so generally five to six brews a year I'm running with. And basically that's pretty simple. It's, you know, you need water, you need compost, and you need oxygen. Yeah. yeah. So there's a pump pump in there, also you fill it with water, um, let the pump run for couple of hours and you can actually smell the chlorine come out of the water yeah like it's it's like you're in a swimming pool when you first smell it and that's just tap water that's tap water yeah so because my water is quite hard here it's a pH of 6 uh, what 7.6 yeah so I do use something just to dial the water down a little bit so later um, I use I have citric acid I have used adapter as well but basically just to... Just reduce the pH. pH. so it's, it's going in optimum water. Yeah, pH. and
0: with the, with the chlorine, does that just burn off? See, burn off. Is that just... What, what, what I, would I, I, would, I would say so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Just a like so it so is. Yeah, yeah, I would say so, yeah.
1: Um, so then, obviously, I'll put my products in. So what I tend to run this year is Essential 101. So I put like 500 ml of that in there. You um, can very low amounts, so 500 mil, 500, you know, maybe 100 grams if it's um, if it's a soluble. But essential 101, kelp, residues, and uh have used
0: sustain compost. The compost tea bags. I was surprised. but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did, but I wonder what you're doing. Well, but, but, but yeah.
1: So basically, it's it's you want to feed the microbes. And it basically wants this going and it's depending on how long the brew is, but it's basically multiplying at a rapid rate to make billions of Micros. microbes to, to from my from my point of view is degrade fats, but also what it does it breaks down the locked up nutrients. So over the years people have put a load of fertilizers down, granulars, whatever it is, and it's locked up in the soil. Yeah. Now what these microbes are doing they're actually unlocking that and it's feeding the plant for you. So when I talk about growth, now I've had to back off nitrogen because it's unlocking, since I've done the compost teas, it's unlocking so much free N. And you can see that in your clip volume? 100% clip volume, that's where it's so crucial because I see the clip volume and think, yeah, I don't need to feed, (laughs) I don't need to feed. I actually put Primo down on its own with no nitrogen in my last application. Just use a bit of seaweed and a bit of humic with it. Yeah. Um. Just to, so I don't lose color. Um. But the compost tea I think is 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 so important. It's also creating disease resistance. I've actually actually run well, with companion in there as well. To be think about it, and I'll put companion in there as well. You know, to get those those extra benefits.
0: Yeah. And so this year, um. So so uh, still on the compost tea then. Um. So what you, fl- you 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 bang your brew on when I mean, you finish the shift and you flick it on the stuff and what it's ready to go the next morning or is, yeah so the, how many
1: hours have you got on a on a brewer so the initial the initial task is take the brew outside, bleach it, clean, kill any bad bacteria so it's nice nice and so you are not want bad bacteria exactly yeah and harming the good bacteria put in there, um, so that's the first process then fill it with water, I generally do it sort of after break, so say 12 o'clock in the afternoon, run it for a couple of hours, just before we go off at three o'clock, I will then put all the products into the brewer and then just let it do it. So generally I go, depending on the temperature. Yeah. So in the summer, I might only run it for 24, 36 hours. Start of the year, it is running 48 hours,
0: easily. Yeah, just see the the multiplication process.
1: And is, is it a visual thing, you can
0: see it or? Not particularly. Sometimes you see it foaming up, so that's always a good thing. Um, did 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 you tell me um, you got a secret? You got a secret weapon to rid the foam. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So um, vegetable oil. Vegetable
1: so if it oil. does foam up, you don't want it losing product on the floor. So a teaspoon of vegetable oil does the trick. Um,
0: Coming to the AGS Portfolio
1: soon. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want don't really want to use um, anti-foam, which we would use in a sprayer typically with wetting agents to dye it down because it's not been tested that if it does harm the biology, I don't want to be wasting wasting product and not getting what I want out of the product. So bed yeah. spoil works a treat and it's cheap.
0: Nice. Um, so you mentioned you've only used one fungicide like this year. Yes. Um, And you've been fairly, well, I say fairly disease-free. I'm assuming you're pretty disease-free. Yeah. Um, When you do get disease, what is it? Is it a repetitive disease? Do you always get a certain? Well, it's quite interesting actually. So because, you know, I
1: love data and I I look at trends and I've built up historical data over the first what 2.8 years I've been here. And what first year fuzz was bad and I was like wow, yeah, (laughs) wow. Right. And then that's when you amend your program and think actually. I'm probably not helping it here, so I need to amend this in sort of and cope with this better. So I've done that, and Fuzz, I'm I'm pretty happy with my control with Fusarium, But last year, Nose, summer probably didn't help, but the Amphatnos was was quite quite right. That's why I implemented the compost tea. Yeah, um, I raised the height of cut from three point five to four. Got an iron, so we can maintain speed, and Nose has been the best year yet. So yeah it's always amending and adapting yeah. and you know serial planner i'm always at home with a laptop my wife would tell you probably yeah does it, but, you know <laughs> but i'm always i'm always i don't really yeah i'm just a pop you know, i message you at times and you're like Simmo, switch off
0: <laughs> yeah it's uh it's nine o'clock on a friday night uh, <laughs> but yeah so uh, so, so greens are pretty keen, and sort of grass species so composition on the greens, well, what have we got out there, what are you dealing with? Well, yeah, when I, when I first
1: took over, it was very power dominant. I would say now I'm definitely seeing a lot more vents coming through, so highland vents, so that's, I think, well, I would say it's the, the biology helping. Yeah. To They were probably already there, but now they're shining
0: through. Lower ends helping maybe a little bit. You know, probably don't like it too much with a low um, end, so have you sort of actually started overseeding the greens yet with brown top? Because I think you were trying to get it on top of your yeah. organic matter first, weren't so, you? Right there? Yeah. So this could be good news
1: for all suppliers that as of next year I will be overseeding with, with bent grass. Um, um, yeah, it took the best part of three years to to, to get the fat so there's no point putting bent seed into sixteen percent organic matters. It's, it's just not gonna happen. Yeah, so as of next year, I will be overseeding
0: and getting a real good bent, bent yeah, bent, 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 yeah. So, yeah, 100%. Lovely, it's a good job, you know, a man, <laughs> <laughs> as long as the price is right, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's the plan. So, it says, you're working with the natural stuff, and we're going to start doing the brown the brain tops. Um, uh, on your tees you've yeah. been using ryegrass, yeah, we use plenty of ryegrass on the tees
1: uh, we've got six par threes, so um, they, a, it takes a lot of wear. Take hammering, yeah. Yeah, traffic's quite a lot of golf here as well, so yeah, it takes a hammering. So yeah, we use perennial pineal to try and get some some coverage. Okay, and out on the course, what's your, what's your favourite hole? I would say 17, yeah. Talk me through it, you're on the tee. So you're on the tee, it's quite a nice looking hole, see the mountain in the, in the background, and you've got to go over a small pond. And it's got two fairways, so it's got short fairway and then road and over the road. You shouldn't be on the first fairway. Let's, let me be honest. Yeah, you should be <laughs> on the second fairway. But the second shot does it for me. Um, stunning views, nice, smallish green with a swell to the left and two bunkers. It's just a beautiful hole.
0: I'm mildly guessing. I've never played the course, but as I drive in through the front gate, yeah. Am I driving through Seventeenth house? Is that is that you what are? You, dri- you are it's on the yeah. left hand side as you drive down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Uh, and um, what's your? I um, uh, what's I uh, what's the stroke index on that one? The stroke index. I can yeah. know? Tell you off the top of my head. No. So what's um what's the hardest hole? What's 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 the what's oh, the? Um, that's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, what, what do you think's hardest hole? And what's the what's your card record? And what's the actual official stroke index? I would say it's the same.
1: I would say it's the 15th hole, yeah. you stroke index 1, I know that, and it is a brutal hole. So it's one of these, you've got a tee shot and the fairway is massively slopy from left to right. Now the right takes you into the trees with no shot, Yeah. Um, even if you hit it down the left hand side of the fairway, if you don't hit it long enough, you don't see the green, the green's really narrow reasonably long but really now with two bunkers to the left if you hit it anywhere to the right it's dead it's you're down a your slope with shot it
0: is a brutal hole is it so that's a, that's a real card oh, record unreal, unreal um i've never asked this before so do you um are you a, are you a bigger member i'm not currently no no it's not a Genuine question, I ask. But if you were a bigger member, do you, does the club do complimentary golf? Yeah, some clubs do. I believe so. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, I, I actually think it's a beautiful. This a, a beautiful course. From what I've seen when we've driven it and walked around yeah. it. Uh, as a non-golf player, I I think well, actually it wouldn't be a bad place to come have a have a play. No. But if you're if you're on the part of bigger and you you play a bit of golf and you want a bit of complimentary, I would recommend you having a having a look about and maybe getting older, Mark and. Get The official guided tour, but yeah, it's, it's certainly so worth playing. Um, how about wildlife on course? What, what do you find out on course, Um, is it is, is there much in the, in the terms of sort of ecology or birds? Or, yeah, there is. There's birds, there's bees, we got otters,
1: deer, rabbits, moles. My bane of my life,
0: yeah, moles really bad around here. Uh,
1: but wildlife, yeah, there's a fair bit around. There's squirrels, there's quite a lot of squirrels. Um, and with
0: moles, if you can't really any, it's it's also a question. Any ingenious no, ways to get them? No,
1: there isn't. And it's like, you get a little bit of time off them in the summer when it's nice and dry. soon as you get a bit of moisture, they're uh, everywhere under teas, and oh, it's it's hard work.
0: I'm I'm no mole expert, but are they after worms or do, is it a breeding thing or well, is it? A... I
1: would probably say so. I would probably say so. It's quite a. It's quite a moist soil here, so it's, just, it's quite good for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is, it is tough. It's, it creates lots of bare areas around the course, which we have to try and repair.
0: Um, yeah, it's tough. Okay. Um, now, what's in this shed? I'm talking sort of machinery, frontline machinery. What, what have you got out there? What, what tools are at your armory? So we're generally tarred. Um So yeah, we got 5610
1: fairy mower. Got 4300 rough mower, 3100, 3, yeah, we use on approaches, 3250 on tees. We've got two greens mowers, so one which we use for uh, the green tech systems, like Scarfy, Divertica, and Sour Roll, and our mainline greens mower. Procore, everyone's got a Procore. Wow, you
0: yeah. got a Procore? Yeah, Procore. Next question. Next question. And what's your favourite bit of kit? It's not a pro core. Oh, it's not a pro core. No. Get in. Get in. If
1: everyone if anyone knows me, they know it's a sprayer all day long. <laughs> yeah. I get enough grief from, from my pals about he's out spraying again. What's he spraying this time? Yeah, it's a sprayer. With
0: modern, oh, modern so, so, tro- social media, let's that's, that's kind of yeah. social media. Route. So obviously you're a keen user of social media, as I say, and I I, mean, I was first alerted to, to your social media, I think was it during lockdown? And you start to put on quite decent pictures of the fairways and the yeah. things you're doing, and yeah, um, I like it. Some like things a bit too much every day, but yeah, I mean, when you're doing that, you're basically letting the members know and the club know what, yeah, what
1: you're so doing. Yeah, I do it for multiple reasons, really. Um, so I've done it, yeah, for quite a few years now. Um, so I do it. A, it lets members know what we're doing, especially. Do you know where it's really important? I know I do it every day. But where it's really important is like days like today where. The course is closed now. They don't want to be seeing us out mowing because we ain't anyway. But they don't want to think, oh, what are they doing? Just sat in the shed? No, we're well, actually no. We we we've backed up to all the machines. We've raised a higher cut. We changed the times on the program, and we we do bits and pieces like that to show them we're actually still working, even though the course is closed. We're still preparing for when yeah. it's back open tomorrow. But really, I do I do social media for marketing for the golf club. Yeah. So everyone can see because I'm always tagging the Monmouthshire Golf Club, Monmouthshire Golf, Monmouthshire Golf Club. So everyone knows about the Monmouthshire Golf Club. B, I'm showing that the team are working hard. Yeah. The team are doing this, and there's there's that appreciation. The 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 presentation, presentation, you know, the standards that we that we all try and try and show the membership and greenkeepers, and also I do it for you know, greenkeeping now is no longer. I'm not going to help my competitor out. Yeah. So. You know we all interact these days and we all have problems and issues or you look at someone and you think wow your services are unreal what are you doing that and and you learn from each other like i've got i've got pals i talk to every day you know for for long periods of time and it's always turf greenkeeping. keeping you know if we got a problem so it's always interacting with and learning new techniques maybe yeah,
0: yeah? So, you're, so you're learning the show evolving
1: and yeah trying to progress always yeah
0: they're decent um, any future course projects planned well, if, yes. sort of say over the next couple of years what are you looking to achieve at the club?
1: yeah so this winter we're, we're clearing out some more ditches obviously ditches are super important here yeah when we get the river over we need to get rid of this water fast yeah because the Gulfport, no golfer likes the course coast and sometimes it gets a bad rap this place they say, oh, it's a wet course. It's not a wet course. You know, I've been, I've been on wet courses. This is not one of them. Now, if it's constantly raining, yeah, it's going to be wet. But as soon as that rain stops, give it a few hours, and this course drains. So ditches is super important. Basically, how it works with the river is it comes on, in, and then it comes onto the course over the ditches. As soon as the water table drops, when the rain stops, it goes back into the ditches, back into the river. So, so you've, got to be, you've got to be clear. Ditches are super important. Yeah. So ditches, you know, I'm looking to do some more greens drainage going forward. Some bunker constructions. I'm all so I'm all planning.
0: On the green drainage, um I'm sure you're familiar with Noel Golf Club, but um it sits particularly wet for the winter. Um but he's had the rope drainage done, I feel yep. what it's called now, is it called yep. uh wick drainage? Wick?
1: Yeah, I know. I know, I know
0: exactly what's called, but I'm seen the road drainage. Yet. Yeah, yeah. So he's had, he's had um four. He had four done originally with that. I think he's got another ten been done this winter. Nice. And it's four wettest greens and it's four drier greens. Um, and Cotswold Edge have done. I think they've done four greens as well. They're four wettest, and again, they've gone from being the wettest to the driest. And yeah, it's yeah, so, just so it's when you look at those greens, if it's. I mean, they're not cheap, obviously, but it's something no, they've we, done.
1: we did, we did drainage. What well, in January? End of January. Um, a fourteenth green was. It's bad at the back. It's like a bowl, and I turfed it three times. We tried a temporary measure fix by, you know, taking removing the turf, removing the soil, and putting some fresh stone at the bottom and root zone, and re-turf. And it just didn't last. It, you know, it, it's like a bathtub fills yeah. up, and then it kills the turf essentially. So, we we drain that ourselves um, with with um, some pipe drainage, Put a sump at the side. And it's been unbelievable. It's it made much it, as soon as, oh, It's made um, a massive difference. It's so good. Like, so um, you've got a turf nursery, haven't
0: you? You've yes. put, is,
1: that, is that a new thing you've put in? That, or is, or is, that, a... that is, yeah. So so on our ninth hole, we got yellow tea, white tea, red tea. And then there was like an alternative yellow tea as such. Not really, not really ideal because there's the a tree right in the way. So I decided that we're going to remove the turf and construct a green... Standard turf nursery, so yeah, we removed the soil, we put some root zone, and then we seeded with, with bent. We use the cores from the from the greens to yeah. get the power in there because we want it, want it to match in with the current greens. They're trying to create that power bent sward.
0: And what's um, and the idea is, what so you can plug, you can put your sort of turf doctor yeah, out doctor
1: or turf cut. So if you have, say, don't want to say it, but because it might happen. I'm touching, wood, say, I'm touching wood. say you have a hydraulic leak on a green. Yeah. yeah? Whereas before we'd have to buy in turf and, and power bent turf is astronomical. Right? Yeah. So if we had that again, we can just turf cut off the turf nursery, replace it, the course is fixed, and we can reseed. Like when it's turf nursery, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And then if you do get damage from from some really bad crow damage or, or whatever, you can plug it out with a turf dock to a hole cutter.
0: Yeah, same. Um, Who is your, if you've got one, who is your biggest influence in the industry? Have you got a a mentor or somebody that you've looked up to in the past? To be honest, I haven't really got one in particular. So, like I said, I've I've sort of learned from
1: everyone I've worked with, um, took what I wanted from each person, trying to be the best manager I can be. So there's elements that I like from people I've worked with, there's elements, elements that I don't. So I kind of, and also, it's sort of people when I volunteered at different courses, I met different people. I think meeting people, meeting turf managers all around the world, is the best because you learn from them and you sort of you create your own sort of principles, should we say? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I would say was isn't really one person in particular.
0: Okay, and who are your closest friends in the industry? So you, you, if, you want, if you want name check, name check. And if you don't, don't, is that you?
1: No, it, it was 100%. Um, it be Mark Smith from uh, Phoenix. Yeah. Um, and Adam Butler. Um, so they're the guys I talk to the most regular. Um, there's lots of other guys I chat to as well. So, not really? doing, he's, you know. He
0: is what he's doing. He's waving. Yeah. It looks but, a bit funny, but he is waving. But Mark
1: particular, particular, um, I talk to this, this is one guy I talk to every day. Um, for long periods and he's a proper turfy you know we we talk about all sorts of products and how much AGS are charging on this and, <laughs> <laughs>
0: and oh, no
1: but it could be anything like we might have a problem and he might know the answer or vice versa um, he's big on biology and, and Adam is as well so you know I kind you kind of go to people that have your beliefs. So Adam and and Mark have, have yes, very so, yes. similar beliefs.
0: Yes, yeah, so you've, you've got the same sort of ethos as such. Yeah. yeah. Um. Obviously, we uh, we all know the golf course wouldn't be around as members. We and we our members are superb and and, and the like, but um, they can have some irritating habits. What's the What's the worst sort of habit you see out on the course out there? So
1: I know everyone's going to say pitch marks, right? Which yeah, but. I would say the most frustrating for me is, is, and I'm not tying everyone with the same brush because not everyone does it, but it's the bunker raking. And, okay. And we, like, we fall rake bunkers a lot here, like, and 10 minutes later you look behind and there might be someone who's used a wedge to rake where he's been and, you know, he's walked out the top of the bunker and not even attempted to rake it. Like I said, not not everyone's like that, but we do see it quite a lot and it is really frustrating.
0: Yeah. Um. If your modern day self could offer your younger day self some words of wisdom or advice, what would they be?
1: I would probably say, don't be disheartened or deflated by the um, salaries, yeah, because they're not the best. Um, and if you get, if you come across someone, and he could have been a course manager for a long time, you could, you know, or anyone really who who has quite a negative. Attitude towards anything you do don't be disheartened and, and be strong in your beliefs if you believe something and you're committed to it Go for it. Yeah, because that's you know, I've, it's happened to me in the past I've been deflated and and demotivated and think actually do I want to do this and then You get past that and you think actually it's the best job in the world. I love what I do turf is is so important to everything I do and It's great to be honest
0: Turf is life. Turf is life. Hashtag turf Fem- is life.
1: Plus family. Yeah, let's not oh, plus, family yeah, plus
0: family. But when we get the tattoos done, but turf is life on the inside. Turf of the is arm.
1: life, yeah. I, I just love the challenge and the, the fact that you don't have to do it a certain way. You don't have to be routine and do it because that's the way it says you've got to do it. You can, you can do it, you know, you can do it whichever way you decide that that's the best avenue for you and the golf course you work for. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're employed by a golf club, and my view is you put 100% effort into it. I'd probably go a bit over the top because I don't stop, yeah? I'm always yeah. trying to improve and, and be better for my employers. But to be fair, my employers are brilliant, yeah? The golf club have been super supportive to me since I took over. Like, the the management are just unbelievable. Like, you know, sometimes finances are tough, and I'll go in there and say, right. I need this because of. And as long as I put a good case forward that we're gonna get this benefit, the club will say yes.
0: And they'll, su- they'll support They will support even you can justify their support. And
1: support it. And, you know. Sometimes like, you hear negativity from, from, from members at times and they they trust in, in my expertise and that goes a long way. And just to say thank you, you know, sometimes that's all it takes.
0: Yeah. Well, um... On that note, so that's, that's going to conclude the podcast for today. Um, it's been good to be back. Thanks for being a guest. No, thanks for for
1: allowing me on here, and you know, it doesn't
0: take much to get me to talk
1: about turf. Does it? <laughs> no, it
0: doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, and on that note, uh, this has been the Turf Hub podcast. I've been Joe Hendy. He's been Mark Simmons. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Advanced Grass Solutions Turf Hub podcast. For more information, visit AdvanceGrass.com or follow us on socials using the handle at AdvanceGrass.